Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Darren Burnett yelled so-and-so. You can't prove that. No, Except I Elizabeth can't. Elizabeth Dutton. Hey. You, how you doing, Clyde? Good. You know it's ridiculous? I do. Mm-hmm. Paul Erdos. That's not kind. Do you know who he is? No. Okay. What is he, a Nazi? No, he's a Hungarian mathematician. Okay. Yeah, he's a dude who I've really liked. He's like a, a mathematician's mathematician. Uh-huh. The guy was such a mathematician, he didn't maintain a normal address. He just lived out of a suitcase and would go from mathematician's house to mathematician's house, would show up unannounced, would hang out there for like a week. They'd write like two papers together and you go, who do you think I should see next? Then he'd go and he'd go to their house. And he's then like, he, would, he was basically a hobo I was gonna say, mathematician. He's a math hobo. And then they would give him like stipends to give speeches like universities. And that's what he lived off of to pay for his like travels. He did not, he was just, a ma- he died at a math conference. Like he was a mathematician's oh, mathematician. Oh, no. Well, the dude also was like a major drug addict. Well, but no. Not- not like a Yikes. not like in like a bad way. I mean, like he just had his own thing, right? He was a heavy uh, caffeine drinker. He loved to drink a lot of coffee. Okay. He also liked uh, after his mother died, he got really into amphetamines. <laughs> and since I told the story, he's all mom's gone. Yeah, Time exactly. to cut loose. I got it. I'm amping it up. Forget coffee. That's yesterday. I'm on <laughs> amphetamines. No, but the deal Coffee's was coffee's a gateway drug. Exactly. The listener Ben Inbar sent this into me, and it was in response to the guy I talked about who had the crystal meth that saved him. Oh right, right? yeah, well, yeah, the skier. So Paul Erdos, he uh, he was doing a lot of uh, benzedrine, right? Like old school, mid century meth, bad meth, exactly. So it wasn't like crystal meth. That's like, benzo diet. No, yeah, yeah benzedrine. He wasn't like uh, like you know chopping up lines and snorting them off his like math homework. He was yeah. like you know just popping pills, benzies, right? Dexies, Benny's, Benny, dexedrine, and benzedrine. That's yeah. the ones he was doing. Anyway, so the it's point all the was, very Bob Dylan of it all. After his mother dies, everybody was worried about him. One of his friends came to him and said, "Hey man, I think you're doing too much speed." And he was like, "What are you talking about? How do you do my math? What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Okay, well maybe Paul, you should not." do so much. I, I couldn't do my math without it. And they're like, yeah, well, you ever thought about it? maybe you just kind of chill out and you go into everyone's house, you're all hopped up on speed, you're calling them at four in the morning saying, I got a new discovery. I mean, it's kind of weird. Oh God. He's like, well, I'll bet you 500 bucks you can't go a month without doing speed. He's like, oh yeah, you want to see it? I'll totally bet you that. And so you bet. And you bet that. Five hundred dollars, and uh-huh. he went an entire month. And at the end of that month, he had not done a single bit of speed. Huh. And so, yeah, he went cold turkey. And then at the end of the month, he said, and I quote, you've showed me I'm not an addict, but 
I didn't get any work done. I'd get up in the morning and stare at a blank piece of paper. I have no ideas. Just like an ordinary person. You've set mathematics back a month. So oh my God. I love this guy, right? Oh He's just God. like, let me do my speed and my math. Damn it. Oh my God. How ridiculous is that? That's and he is one of the greatest mathematicians of all time. Molto ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, dang. He well, also is the most prolific. He's written the most papers. No surprise. Yeah, but are they intelligible? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he writes, it just digs through the, the graph paper. <laughs> it's just crazy going hard. That's ridiculous. Thank you. Do you want to know what else is ridiculous? I'm her for it. Losing a painting to a thief one, two, three times. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. You damn right. Art crime. <laughs> My favorite kind of crime. It is, actually. I love art crime. I got a doozy for you today, Zara. Real? Real doozenberger? <laughs> a doozers. Uh, first, take a trip with me. Okay. Uh, we began this tale in the Netherlands in 1626. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let me get my <laughs> We're boots. Going way back. Get your clogs. It was in that year that Dutch Golden Age painter Frans Hals, the elder, painted one of his genre paintings. Oh. It was called Two Laughing Boys with a Mug of Beer. Oh, I think I know that one. Yeah, Is sure that really know. classic, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the painting, a young man, like a teen, it kind of looks like, gazes into this ceramic mug of beer with just love and glee in his mm -hmm. eyes. Mirth in his face. Uh, and an even younger boy kind of peers over the teen's mm -hmm. shoulder in what looks e either like drunken revelry or joyful innocence. Okay, I'll take you. Why not both? Why not both? Exactly. So Hall's work um, employed really visible brushstrokes, mm -hmm. heavily visible. And that had been seen as a huge flaw up until that point. But in his hands, it made it like really urgent instead oh. of like the stayed portraits. Oh, like Van, Van Gogh where the texture becomes part of exactly. it. Exactly. There was an energy mm -hmm. to it. Um, and the Laughing Boys, no different. The visual language of the piece wasn't lost on people at the time. Kanakir. Uh, what was that? Excuse me. <laughs> Bless me. Bless you. Gesundheit. <laughs> Bless me. Thank me. Uh, <laughs> it's a Dutch word that means mug looker. Oh. And as we know, I probably didn't say Is this kind of like navel gazer, like, but in a pub kind of way no. where you're just standing and looking at the, your beer No, it's a, it's a glutton. It's someone oh. who's always looking for more pleasure, who wants to just get the very last drop out of everything. Wow. So they're just, they're just gluttony. Oh, interesting. And so when people at the time saw the Laughing Boys, they knew that this was a take on gluttony, particularly among youth. Hmm. And there's such joyousness, though, in the piece that it doesn't really feel like it's an indictment of the behavior, more an observation. Yeah, it doesn't look like a, either condemnation or an advertisement. Right, it just right. Kind of is. It's just observation. So um, it, it isn't one of Hall's masterworks mm -hmm. or of particular interest, except that it is. How so? Well, the owner of the painting was a Dutchman named Pieter van Erden. And he was a rich notary in the late 1600s. Right. Like, I don't know if that's a notary public. I'm assuming. Just stamping things for like, people all yeah, day. Like, Get your fingerprint. <laughs> Give me your docs. You want your passport photo? <laughs> <laughs> He'll process anything. He married a woman named Maria. Uh -huh. And she was the daughter of a surgeon. So, you know, they're just this upper class sure. couple. Um, when he died, Maria inherited all of his money. But, of course, mm -hmm. as well as his impressive art collection. Her father. 
No, her, her husband. husband. Okay. Yeah. So Maria, like, I don't know. She's like in her 40s when her husband sure. dies. Okay. So she's got all this money. She's got all this art. And she lived a really long life. She outlived all of her children. Wow. Yeah. And so in her later years, she started to really contemplate, like, think about her legacy. She wanted to take care of her family, and she also wanted to preserve this family art collection. Hmm. She felt she had a duty. So she decided to found a Hofje. What is that? H-O-F-J-E, Hofje. It's a large courtyard with poor houses surrounding it. Whoa. Yeah, it's a social safety net for generally elderly women. Huh, that's yeah. cool. Um, the rules for this Hofje were straightforward. Only indigent single women were allowed, uh-huh. all the single ladies. Uh, <laughs> they had to be relatives of Maria van Erden first and foremost. But if they ran out of those, okay, others could be allowed. Okay, in. that's cool. Uh, the women had to be Protestants. And the minimum age for most Hafias was 50 at the time, which was super old back then. Okay. Um, so it's assumed that that was the same for Maria's place. Um, her will also, quote, stipulated that quantities of meat wheat loaves and white wine be given to the honest, decent residents and that the paintings be kept neat and clean. Hmm. So like, ladies, raise those glasses of buttery Chardonnay. <laughs> take a look at this art. There you are. Live your best life. <laughs> so all the, the single ladies. All the single ladies. Um, so the paintings are kept in a room on the second floor okay. of the main building. The only man allowed in the entire place was the caretaker. And so that's true still to today. The place is still... Oh, it an, still exists. That's it dope. is still an almshouse. Uh, during World War II, when the Nazis were approaching, and this feels like a good time to remind everyone that if you see a Nazi, punch a Nazi. You damn right. I can't believe I have to say this in the year 2023, but whatever. So anyway, Nazis are coming. The ladies and the caretaker, they moved the 47-piece art collection to a safe space. I think, just to interrupt for a second, Elizabeth, yes. I find that it helps with modern audiences occasionally to reframe the the Nazi qu- punching question and to say, ask the far simpler question, what would Indiana Jones do? That in everything. Yeah. All Boom. Yes. You're done. There it is. No thinking necessary. Perfect. You have the answer. What would Indy do? I'm going to yes. get the bracelets Oh, made. even simpler. I like that. Yeah. So just like Indy, they uh-huh. saved art. They I saved. Like they saved the collection. Fast forward to today. Uh-huh. Put it in. Put it in. Fast forward. <laughs> and like all the the lights coming by us really quickly <laughs> from when Indiana Jones was Han Solo. Um, so all these years, the Hofje van Arden uh, had been housing women in need. Right up to today. Uh-huh. The regents of the place are all still ancestors of Maria, just like it directed in her will. Oh, very cool. But in between, they decided to open up part of the facility as a museum. Uh, they felt that it was a shame to keep such an impressive collection of artwork away from the public. Yeah. And I'm guessing the money to be made on tickets in the gift shop were pretty appealing. To uh, yeah, them. I bet. Yeah. You know one thing they sell in the gift shop there? Toilet paper. Nut oil. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, you have to say it like that. It's uh, it's made from the—it's uh, oil from the walnut trees on the property. Oh, right. So they were running into like a, like a monastery or yeah, a convent yeah. where they make some stuff out of— Back a in 2018, they had a banner year for production, I'll on tell you. On nut oil, big nut oil they year. They put out a press release. Okay, did they? Quote, we collected an abundance of nuts in we the We got the nuts, y'all. And let them dry in the attic for a few months, after which we sorted them. All nuts have passed through our hands with love. <laughs> this afternoon, a trunk full of walnuts went to Mobipers in Zolan and had them pressed. So, stop it. So, we have plenty of nut oil in 100 milliliter bottles, including nice recipes for sale. You know we crazy. We got the trunk of nuts. We have handled all the nuts with love. Yes. Ten, personally handled the nuts with love and got that nut them. oil ready for you. 
10 women still live in the Hofje today. Ah. Yeah. Volunteers maintain the building, the museum, and the gardens. What I'm trying to say, Zarin, yes. is aside from all your nut oil jokes. And my trunk of nuts. It's a wholesome place. Of course. Yeah. The whole town. I expected no less. The whole town is wholesome. It's called Leerdam. Population 20,000. Uh, it's not only where Leerdammer cheese comes from, Zarin. Oh, I know that cheese. Uh, but it's also, I keep a chunk of Leerdammer in my pocket. I really all liked the, time. the Dutch cheeses. When I was over there, like there's this cheese called Yong. I was really into that. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple of them. It's good stuff. Yeah. They and know beyond their cheese. Gouda, they know cheese. They know their cheese. It's also the center of Dutch glass production in Leerdam. Ah. Yeah. It's called the City of Glass. Oh, look at yeah. that. That's a heck of a nickname. It's located right on a river. And like many locales that I tell you about here, I want to go there. Watch your glass and lend them. It looks really pretty and peaceful. No, I bet you would like it. But it wasn't like always like so peaceful. <laughs> Dateline voice. 1988. Yes. The Beach Boys were stinking up the international music charts with Kokomo. What do they sound like? Would you be able to do an impression for me of the Beach Boys? Me, uh, <laughs> I know you, you know, I feel like they're always like inexplicably including John Stamos. Oh, that's true. Right? He's there like And if you uh, want to John... explicable it to me, I, I'll pass on that. He's but our he's... John Mayer for the Grateful I can Dead. Do, I, you know, I can do a good John Stamos. Oh, can you? I sound exactly like him. Okay, well, I'll be satisfied with that. Forget Mike Love. Yeah. Can you do John Stamos? <clears throat> hey, everybody, it's me, John Stamos, and a funny hair and a fluffy hair. <laughs> it's like, Alvin, I'm over here like Rebecca Romaine going, I want to marry I know. him. Yeah, I know. You have hearts in your eyes. Yeah. You're like, who's that hubba hubba catch? <laughs> I'm warm for his form. Uh, 1988, yes. a fantastic and underrated band, Living Color, released, yeah, oh my released their hit single, Cult of Personality. One of my favorite bands ever. So good. Love Living so good. Color. 1988. The Netherlands beat the Soviet Union at the UEFA Euro Championship. Oh, my God. I That's love a the huge Orange victory Man. for the no, Netherlands. I, in all honesty, I do like the one. Um, but there was Dutch sadness that year, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read you a wire service article from Friday, October 14th, 1988. Gunman steals two paintings from Museum, Leerdam, Netherlands. Two paintings by Dutch masters Franz Hals and Jacob von Ruisdael were stolen at gunpoint from a small museum early Thursday, police said. An armed man seized the caretaker and his wife at about 1.30 a.m. and forced them to let him into Mrs. Van Arden's hostile museum in this central Dutch town, according to police spokeswoman Ingrid Verbeek. She said the thief fled with two paintings, a canvas by Halls entitled The Laughing Boys with the Beer Mug, worth at least $438,000, and the Ruisdale painting Forest Landscape with Flowering Elder, for which no value was given. The couple who live in the premises was released unharmed, she said. The Hostel Museum, a privately owned museum built in 1670, is part of a historical complex that houses nine elderly women and is named after its founder, Maria van Erden, Verbeek said. Its collection includes about 25 other paintings and a room with period furniture. Hmm. There it is. Now you know. I know everything. Bye-bye, boys. Uh, I read (laughs) that because it's about the only mention that you can find in any English language newspapers at the time okay uh so it was on wire services all over the u.s i don't have Uh dutchnewspapers.com unfortunately um so the loss of the painting real blow to the museum and the town three years later though they had both answers and the paintings oh damn see there was this infamous dutch drug lord named klaus bruinsma Mm -hmm. his story is wild he was also known as the tall one 
as well as the pastor. <laughs> That's a good name. Well, it's because he wore all black and he lectured everyone. Yeah, I kind of was guessing that. <laughs> it just comes across. When he was in high school, he started selling hash, hashish, compressed cannabis concentrate. Sure. Uh, it was lucrative, so he made it his full-time job. He picked up a partner named Thea Moore. Okay. And she was the daughter of a Dutch mobster and a Singaporean heroin smuggler. Wow. So she was born into this. Deep in it. Bruinsma had an enormous operation. Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, France, Scandinavia. Uh, he brought most of his stuff in from Pakistan. Hmm. After one of his many stints in jail, he decided to restructure his organization. He got into hotels, casinos, gaming, brothels, and other quote-unquote legitimate businesses. By 1988, he was the biggest drug trader in European history. Whoa. Yeah. He was pulling in the equivalent of $500,000 a day at that time, which what? would be almost $1.3 million today. Every day. Every day. That's so much money I can't get my head around That's it. That's like a third of a billion dollars a year. What does it say about humans and their desire for drugs? It's a lot. People, you know. We like them. He had a lot of we're business. We're fans. We're, we're fans. Are, we're pro-drugs. So, after a failed giant score, he started spiraling. Okay. He did a lot of coke, decided to extort other mobsters, oh, gangsters, high-level crimers. Biggie would have warned him. Totally. And in that time, he came into possession of the Laughing Boys. <laughs> but in 1991, it fell apart for Bruinsma. He was shot multiple times and killed in front of a hotel in Amsterdam by a cop-turned-underworld fixture. This is not 1% because we're not talking about the crime. Uh, He didn't leave a will, and his siblings wanted nothing to do with his ill-gotten gains. His mom got what the government didn't seize except for two things. The two paintings from the Hofja. Oh. So after his death, his bodyguard came forward with the paintings and arranged for their return. I think there was a ransom, and he may have received that as a reward. Uh, The next year, in 1992, the actual thieves were caught was a Dutch carpet dealer and a German art thief. <laughs> they had a getaway driver, one of their girlfriends, and she came forward to grass on him. Okay. So they were tried, convicted, off to prison they go. Everything was in its right place. The sure. paintings were returned. The Laughing Boys were once again hanging on the walls, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Alms house was whole. Leerdam was quiet and peaceful, the scent of cheese and glass blowing in the air. Or was it? (laughs) Let's take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you what happened next to those two drunk kids. All right. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. 
They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hello, Zarin. Hello, Elizabeth. I'm glad you could make it. Thank you. I'm glad you could have me. Yes, me too. Can I take this mask off now? No. But it's the old man mask, and I just feel weird. Are you referencing? I have an old man yes, latex mask. Yeah, making fun mask. of your old man mask. Yeah, it's yes. pretty amazing. Don't don't ever wear that around me again. Mm, that was. We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta wait until someone knocks on the door, and I gotta keep it by the door. Yeah, that'd probably and be then, good. Yeah. Anyway, 2011. Yes. Adele was burning up the international music charts <laughs> with her sophomore I album love 21. Zarin, we're talking rolling in the deep. Someone like you, mm-hmm. uh, LMFAO. <laughs> had a hit with Sexy and I Know It, a song I believe I've heard of but have ne- never actually heard. And let's keep it that way. They're my favorite uncle-nephew musical act. Okay. Is that what that is? They actually are a yeah, uncle-nephew <laughs> okay. musical act. Do you know what movie came out in 20? 20- and they are Barry Gordy's kids somehow. They're really? in the Barry Gordy family. From a, huh. I'm pretty sure about okay, that. Okay, still, yeah. still have no idea anyway, what the song sounds like. You know what movie came out in 2011? No, I, I didn't remember. I didn't watch any movies that year. Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life. Is that a movie? God, I love that movie. Moneyball. <laughs> what is that a movie? Yeah. Thor. Is you that, know that I funny know hammer that. guy. <laughs> um, with Thor, which may or may not have had good Dutch box office receipts. As we say in the biz, who knows who cares? Um, so while we don't know if Thor was big in the Netherlands, because I was too lazy to look it up. Okay, fair enough. All right, fine. I looked it up. Did you? Yeah. It did <laughs> it did five hundred and forty two thousand dollars in eighty four theaters on opening weekend. Okay. That's about sixty five hundred a theater. Uh-huh. The US totals were about sixteen thousand per theater. Uh, so the total gross for Thor in the Netherlands was almost two million mm-hmm. and it was over hundred and eighty one million in the US and nearly four fifty million worldwide. Wow. So I guess we can say it wasn't particularly popular. In yeah. the Netherlands. I don't think the Dutch cared about Hammerman. Yeah. So funny Hammerman, not funny. So me. sad for them. So while Thor was underperforming in the theaters, <laughs> security was underperforming at the Hofje van Erden. Hey oh. So good. As I, know. I am a smooth criminal. Uh they hadn't really tightened security there. Mm-hmm. I mean lightning striking twice, am I right? Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Uh so this theft was similar to the previous one. Although I don't believe anyone was held at gunpoint this time. They just smashed in, triggering the alarm. But they were long gone before the cops showed up. The museum folks were heartbroken once again. Can you believe that? Was yes. it the same two paintings? <laughs> Not only did they take the Laughing Boys, they also took the other one from the previous <laughs> theft, Forest View with Flowering Elderberry. Same two. Same two paintings, same MO, but it couldn't be the same purse. So it took three years to recover the paintings last time. How long did it take this time, if ever? Oh, wow. Uh, well, you said there's three times. So I'm going to say they caught them. I'm going to go with four years? Six months. 
Oh, it's yeah. going the other way. The the geniuses who stole it decided to sell it on the international market. Oof, that's but rough. by this time, the piece wasn't obscure. It was no, obscure well at the known. beginning yeah. at all. So four dudes from Amsterdam. I think I know about it because of the hitting the news stories. Right. Yeah. They four dudes from Amsterdam get arrested. Mm-hmm. They get tried. They get convicted. Sure. That is for possession of the stolen painting and the attempt to sell it. They weren't the actual thieves. <laughs> the thieves were never caught. <laughs> so after the second theft, the museum tightened up. They put the painting in a special secure area. Okay. Visitors to the museum could only view the painting under supervision and only two afternoons a week. Hmm. Here's the thing, though. In the first two thefts, the paintings weren't taken during operating hours. That's what I was guessing. It wasn't like they just walked in and took them off the walls. Yeah. What What does this accomplish? Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's just not much. creating jobs. Yeah. Let's jump forward a little in time, shall we? Yes. Say March 30th, 2020. Oh. Yeah. Hey, there we are. (laughs) This is like two weeks after we went into hard lockdown for COVID over here in the Bay Area. Mm. Such a weird time. Yes. Quiet time. March 30th is Van Gogh's birthday. Huh. Did not Happy know birthday. That. Uh, you're familiar with Van Gogh, correct? Yes. Let's pretend the, you're not. The, the guy with one ear. Yeah. yeah. I know him. Born in 1853 in Holland. Yes. Big fan. Post-impressionist artist. Yes. He went hard in the paint, pun intended, <laughs> on color. <laughs> yes. Uh, after an aimless start to his adult life, he decided to be an artist. Yes. Guess what? So he eventually moved to Paris. This is the really abbreviated Cliff's mm-hmm. Note version here, um, where he met the Impressionists. Uh, mm-hmm. He tried hard to do what they did. He couldn't. He moved to Arles, became France. Friends with yeah. He created his own style. Mm-hmm. He became frenemies with artist Paul Gauguin. Yes. <laughs> and it became enemies. And then they got into a tussle. Yeah, they painted each other. And... Van Gogh tried to cut Gauguin with a razor. Yeah. Gauguin stopped him. And at some point, the razor removed part of Van Gogh's ear. It's like, what, you crazy man? Yeah. Well, yeah, because then Van Gogh goes into a mental asylum, and then he met a tragic end in 1890. Uh, did you know that the best of Van Gogh's works were done in the span of just three years? Yeah. 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 He only sold one painting in his, his lifetime. His brother did it for him, right? Yeah. yeah Theo's yeah. like, please buy my brother's please. work. I have to feed this <laughs> exactly. guy. He's now seen as one of the most important artists in modern history. Yeah. Up and, there with Picasso. I mean, yeah. Pretty much. And he's especially famous for his painting, Starry Night. Mm-hmm. That one's worth about $100 million. Yeah, you ever seen it in person? No. It's a, it is impressive. I've is it? it person, I can imagine. Yeah. His Sunflower series, I've seen some of those mm-hmm. in person. Um, I enjoy those. They run from $80 million to over $100 million a yeah, piece. Yeah, those are cool, too. Yeah. Uh, those aforementioned paintings are all in his, like, passionate, bright style. Mm-hmm. His early works were much more somber and the palette much darker. Yeah. If you go to the Van Gogh Museum in the Netherlands, okay. I've been there. That's where I saw a lot of his stuff. It's yeah. wild because you get you forget how much of a range he went through. Right, right. So an example of one of the somber paintings uh, is a painting called The Parsonage Garden at Noonan in Winter. Mm-hmm. In it, a figure wearing a dark hat and an even darker cloak stands off center entering a barren garden. At the far end of the garden is a passage through a hedgerow leading to a like a modest church mm-hmm. in the background. Love that one. The trees, for the most part, are in leaf. And there's even one tree far to the right covered in blossoms. But in contrast, the garden's bare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only spring green visible is what looks like a couple weeds just out uh, outside of like what's left of the garden fence. Colors are muddy. The figure's half-turned and looking over their shoulder at the viewer, there's like a hunch to their posture. Is it age, shame, secrecy, distrust? Who knows? The history of fishing. <laughs> it could be the history of fishing <laughs> weighing heavy on their shoulders. Uh, subject matter may not be energetic or frenetic like his later work. There's incredible skill to mm-hmm. this. Yeah. It's a Van Gogh. So by this, by its very nature, it's valuable. Worth about $3 million. Oh, damn. Yeah. 
On March 29, 2020, it was on loan from a museum in Groningen to the Singer Lauren Museum in Lauren, the Netherlands. Say that again. <laughs> I am so sorry to the Dutch people how I'm just butchering. Uh, put all these J's everywhere. What am I supposed to do? Uh, this is a museum and a concert hall dedicated for the most part to the works of William Henry Singer and his wife, Anna, to American artists active at the beginning of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And there are other works on display there, including that dark Van Gogh. The museum is large. It's like a modern brick building, not necessarily brutalist, but just like stacked boxes okay. and large glass entryway. On March 29th, 2020, the museum, like most things in the world, was closed due to COVID. Okay. But come the wee hours of March 30th, someone was in there celebrating in their own way Van Gogh's birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. Zarin. They did it on Van Gogh's birthday. That's awesome. Zarin. Yeah. Close your eyes. <gasps> oh, my God. My eyes are closed. I want you to picture it. Yes. It's 3.30 a.m. on March 30th, 2020, in the Dutch city of Lauren. The night is still. No cars on the road, no chatter of revelers on the town, just the quiet, cold air. You are a large, white, stylized rabbit statue (laughs) in front of the Singer Lauren Museum. You are a seated figure, but tall, perhaps five feet or so. You were made by a man named Ton Klassen. You are less Jeff Koons and more Benjamino Bufano, who's one of my favorites. (laughs) Like 70% Bufano and 30% Koons. Uh, So you sit as an adorable silent sentinel just in front of the main entrance to the museum. Mm. Little do you know that within 24 hours, you'll be featured in photos across the globe. Mm. Suddenly, the sound of a small motorbike pierces the air. It grows closer. Even though you're a stone statue, you can see. That's the magic of both art and imagination, Aaron. Tom Clausen has no idea what he's made in you. The bike enters the museum courtyard and does a little loop before stopping. A guy in a heavy jacket with a hood up hops off the bike. He pulls a sledgehammer from the back of the bike. You are scared. You're a very solid statue, but people are nuts these days, and you pray to the rabbit gods that you're spared. What's cool is that you can also see behind you. And that's how you catch a glimpse of the man swinging back the sledgehammer and bringing it forward in full contact with the museum's glass doors. He is quite literally entering through the gift shop as opposed to exiting. Get it? Uh, What's cool about you is that you also have access to the museum's CCTV system. Mm. Wonders never cease. So this footage will be available to everyone through media outlets soon. But for now, you're the only one to witness this. You're Mm. tapped in. The man steps through the hole in the crumbling safety glass and walks with purpose through the gift shop. He reaches another set of glass doors that lead to the museum exhibits. He swings his hammer into the doors with a thud. They are even thicker than the main doors. He slams and slams and slams against the interior glass doors. They finally give way. He gingerly steps through the remnants of the doors and heads down the long hallway. It's just the sound of his black sneakers on the cold floor. You can't see what he's up to, but you have your suspicions. Moments later, you see him on CCTV sprinting back through the museum. He has a flat rectangular object tucked under his arm. It's wrapped in something, but you know that it is one of your siblings from inside the museum. Some beloved piece of art now victim to the night. (laughs) He darts out of the shattered front doors, hops on the moped, and off he goes. You hear the engine whine off into the distance, and the night grows silent once again. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll find out more about this theft. (music) 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, Elizabeth Dutton. Hi. I know you. Uh, I know you too. When we left off, yeah. Zarin Burnett, uh-huh. a Van Gogh was stolen. Is it? It's. Van- I always hear Van Gogh. Some people say if, Van Gogh. Okay, no. If you really want to be pretentious, it's Van Gogh. Okay, whatever. It's, it's Van Gogh. The, the, so the GH becomes this like glottal stop. Yeah, I'm pretentious, how, but not in that way. If you really want to do it, okay. Go, oh yes, I do love Van Gogh. <laughs> No, I'm exaggerating so you can hear I it, like but that's that. the idea. Van Gogh. Uh, it was stolen from a museum in the Netherlands on Van Gogh's birthday. Mm, I mean, isn't that style a... Style points to them. <laughs> right? To quote museum director Jan Rudolf de Lorme... Yes, please do. I'm shocked and unbelievably annoyed that this happened. Like, annoyed? <laughs> so annoying when they steal my paintings. Three months later in June, Detective Arthur Brand, who was assigned to the case, received a package. In it were photos of the Van Gogh. Wait, Arthur Brand? Mm-hmm. Like as in the DA from Law & Order? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> pictures. The, the Fred Thompson one. Yeah, I'm totally, yeah. totally. Uh-huh. Uh, pictures of the Van Gogh. Uh-huh. Uh, and a copy of the May 30th, 2020 New York Times. Oh, okay. Uh, another thing in the pictures was a book called Mr. Deef. Mr. Deef? Which is, is that all one word? Or is that it, a person's name like word, Mr. Deef? All one word. In English, it translates to Master Thief. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There uh, you go. This was a book by a journalist, Wilson Baldwin, about a man named Octave Durham. Durham stole two Van Goghs in Amsterdam in 2002. Hmm. And he should probably have his own episode, by the way. Yeah, let's get on that. So the director of the museum that owned the Van Gogh was stoked that the painting still existed. He'd like it back, sure, but he was happy that it wasn't yeah, destroyed. that's what matters But the, the commentary with this picture of the book um, is, you know, making you wonder, is it the same person or did they model themselves off? It can't It can't be the same person mm-hmm. uh, because he'd been busted. This oh, so octave. he was in custody at the time. Yeah, and so, and he was interviewed by this guy for the book. So it's sort of like, is this, are they trying is, to pin it on him? Copycat? Are they copy- Is this somebody exactly. paying homage? right. Uh, so that's June. Right. 
Two months after this, the thief strikes again. Hmm. August 26th, that also happens to be the anniversary of Halls' death. Really? Yeah. They're on it. At 3.30 in the morning, just like last time, the thief the witching com- hour. <laughs> commemorated this occasion by stealing laughing boys from the Hofia once again. Wow. Uh, the museum had also been closed due to COVID. Uh-huh. Same MO was used. Someone violently smashed in a door. Huh. The alarm was triggered. But by the time the cops got there, the thief or thieves were long gone. How slow are these cops? I don't know. Well, anyway, it's cold. No, it's hot. At that point, it's August. <laughs> it's well, they're worried about COVID. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I they ain't know. got nothing to do, is what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. So what the police did find when they got there was, quote, an orange tension strap tied to a flagpole in the garden outside the museum that was likely used to lower the halls or the thief down a nearby 10-foot wall to a waiting scooter. Oh, So it's okay. exactly the same huh. with the scooter and all. Uh, this. It's looking like the same cat who stole the Van Gogh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it <laughs> appeared that the thief had gotten to the door by climbing over the garden wall, mm-hmm. likely by the oil-rich walnut trees. Yes. And I'm sorry to report <laughs> yes. that here's my 1%. Oh, you got a 1% for Yeah, us. he smashed up a zucchini plant in the process. Oh, would you stop it with that <laughs> I have a garden with a number of raised beds. Uh-huh. If it doesn't have a face, it ain't murder. I go out every morning to water, uh-huh. and every morning I worry that I'll find everything torn up or destroyed. Yeah, I Because know. that happened to me when yes. I was living in the South. With deer? I went to water the garden. Deer had mowed down all the tomatoes, field peas, and beans. I was devastated, Sarah. Of course, of course. I'm sure that did feel like a, you know, whatever, a violation. Or... It was a death. Death. It was uh-huh. a murder. The the deer murdered. So I <laughs> imagine I have been murdered. Do you see me over here? <laughs> so I imagine that one of the museum volunteers yes. who was like a major garden nerd like me mm-hmm. heard about the theft of the laughing boys and was just super bummed, <laughs> but went to check on the garden and was just, just crushed lost like it. the zucchini plant. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, so the thief took the painting. <laughs> I worry about you. I know you do. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> At this point, the painting is worth almost $19 million. Hot. That's how much the price had gone up over the years. Darn. It's hot property. This is what wow. the New York Times said. Um, they said that the painting is likely a repeat steal because— Did it gain value because it was stolen? Yeah. It's a, well, it gained value because it was stolen. I think that they're... It becomes famous know. then. Yeah. Okay, sorry. This is on. what they said, that uh, thieves likely kept stealing it over and over again because it's, quote, a known commodity. They know they can get money out of it from somebody, said Christopher Marinello, the founder of Art Recovery International. They know the minimum value is brought. They know there might be an insurer. So they just, it's a solid, you know, reliable. As you put it, a known commodity. It's just like, oh, it's like if there was like an old man in your town, everyone robbed. This would be the one. He's slow moving. You know where he's going to be at noon. (laughs) And so it's like someone whose car gets bipped. They break the window and take the stuff in the car. Like, and they just keep leaving stuff in their car. (laughs) And they're wondering why their windows are always broken. Well, (laughs) you you live in Oakland and you keep your laptop in the backseat. So... The thieves, they also apparently hope they can use famous artworks as, quote, bargaining chips if they're ever yes. charged with other crimes. Yeah, Gerald Blanchard said that when he wanted to make sure he had a get-out-of-jail-free yeah, card. Yeah, we've as, had a couple of them do that. Yeah, so a, let's jump forward April 6th. I got two, three paintings here at headquarters just in case Well, I mean, we got to have bargaining chips yeah. the way we talk around here, right? <laughs> uh, April 6th, 2021. Yes. Police arrested a man named Niels Manara. Like Niels Bohr. Yeah, Niels Manara. 
He was a 58-year-old male from the small town of Barn. Oh, <laughs> Barn. Yeah, it's got a bunch of A's up in there. Uh, they pinched <laughs> it's like him. like they were giving away A's that day. <laughs> they pinched him due to DNA evidence collected at both the Lear Dam and Lauren Museums. Oh. So the Van Gogh and the Laughing Boys. Hmm. Uh, what kind of DNA evidence was he leaving behind? Like hair? You shall see. Oh, yes. I'll, t- I'll tell you, it's touch DNA. Touch DNA, it's fingerprints, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like sweat, yeah. and like sweat, oils of the human oozes skin, oozes and nut oil, mucus, phlegm, nut oil, <laughs> boogers, boogers, like, like, earwax. Dude, you left your boogers all over the place. Uh, sleep from the corner of his eyes. Oh yeah, ew, little crusties. <laughs> um, you know, in the in the papers, most of the papers, yes. you call him Niels M, mm-hmm. and because there are Dutch laws, Dutch privacy laws, where they couldn't reveal oh, yeah. the last Europe name. Europe has a bunch of that. And yeah, also but the right I to be found, forgotten. And... I found a blog that gave his name. Well, you're the special investigator. I, totally I expect am. no I'm less. I'm so proud of myself. So, Monera. His last name's Monera, <laughs> everybody. He's going to drop it. Hello. Yeah, Monera. <laughs> Your used... face is so delighted. <laughs> I just Go love on. spilling the beans. Dutch laws be damned. Yes. Yeah. I don't give a fig about them, Zarin. <laughs> um, Monera. What are you, the Spanish over here? <laughs> Right. I steal their gold. Uh, Monera had been charged. It's like Panera, but men. It's like okay. a man's Panera. <laughs> man's Monera Panera. had been charged. Not a lady Panera. <laughs> That's Lanera. Monera okay. had been charged. Calm yes. down. Uh-huh, I'm here. In a 2009 theft of six paintings of landscapes mm-hmm. that were from like the 17th and 19th centuries. Okay. For those who don't know, that is the. Um, 17th and 19th. <laughs> and it's getting really warm. I'm getting woozy in here again. Yeah, I noticed that. In, the two, in that 2009 case, mm-hmm. Dutch police found traces of his DNA on a crowbar and bolt cutters. Wow, he's just throwing he's his just DNA away everywhere. Him. He just licks it. Yeah, he should stop sleeping with his <laughs> instruments of crime. Uh, he said he may have touched them, but they were tools. They could have been used by others as well. True. That's acquitted. A really good point. Acquitted. Really? You got Not guilty. That? Y'all got to feel me. Yeah, acquitted. Wow, that was enough for like reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. 2012, you mm-hmm. know, the that's when the world was going to end, yes. thanks to the Mayans. The Mayan calendar. Didn't. Yeah. And part of that is because he was convicted. Can you prove it didn't? <laughs> no, it just, we're just in the simulation <laughs> yeah. right now. But go on, I'm sorry. So, Monera, uh-huh. man Panera, yeah, man he, Panera. Was, he was convicted of stealing a 17th century gilded silver monstrance from a museum in Gouda. In 2012. Okay, uh, remind me, what's a monstrance? Monstrance. <laughs> it sounds like an amazing word. I, I know. Just cannot remember it's like what an it entrance is. for monsters. Oh, okay. A monstrance <laughs> is that sort of cross-looking thing, like that you put the Eucharistic, the host in, oh. and is carried up to the altar. Yes. Like, so, like demonstration. The, the the Latin root monstrance is the showing. Exactly. It's the showing. Exactly. Okay. All right. And it is spooky. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Um, so they, <laughs> the dead zombie guy. Look at his body. Eat his body. <laughs> carry it up. And you know, there you go, and it's like in a little like like those uh, eggs with the pantyhose oh. in them, but a tiny one, <laughs> or like when you get a, a vending machine, yes. like a toy, and uh-huh. it's a little tiny. It's like that in the Just middle like of the that. cross, uh-huh. and you take it Pop out. It out. You know, body of Christ. Okay, so this one was you want made. Want a bite of the Lord? <laughs> this one, we are. I we're going to hell. We we're say good that Catholics. all the time. What are we going to do? I am an exemplary Catholic youth. Hmm. Um, this one was made in 1662. Okay. And it was on loan from the parish of St. Anthony of Padua. Oh, good one. Uh, to get to the, into that museum, dude used explosives mm-hmm. to blow up the front door of mm-hmm. the place, 
Shrapnel from that explosion damaged other paintings. He's just like, I just want <laughs> the like, I don't care. I'm here for the metal. He's like, I'm Spanish. I want the silver. <laughs> um, so then he smashed the display case to okay. smithereens. Mm-hmm. If he did the Van Gogh years later, like maybe he learned his lesson and decided to take it down a notch. Yeah. He's just like, go to sledgehammers. I'm coming in too hot. Yeah. So Dutch police had another case at the time um, in which someone blew up an ATM. Okay. And so they were able to connect this to Monero. <laughs> it seems like his MO. And <laughs> Too much. <laughs> <laughs> that got them a warrant for a wiretap on his phone. Okay. And then they heard him talking about the heist. All right. <laughs> heist. Heist. Heist, heist, heist. <laughs> Break in. Um, he's like, <laughs> they're like, what are you snorting? He's like, oh, a pig now. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm a pig now. <laughs> I don't know, no. dude. Okay, so, um, so then they they hear him talking about it, and it wasn't just. You gonna need a second. Just give me a second. It made no sense. No. <laughs> um, so it wasn't just ATMs getting the old C four treatment. It wasn't just ATMs getting the old C four treatment. Um, there had been explosions and smash and grabs at a bunch of jewelry stores, mm-hmm. and they caught Manera talking about those two right. on the phone. Beep beep beep. Hello. They arrested him. All right. You're coming uh, with us, man Panera. Yeah. He had he had guns, mm-hmm. ammo, mm-hmm. drugs, the money. Oh, I thought you were just listing magazines. He had lawyers, guns, and he money. He had guns and ammo magazine. He had drugs <laughs> magazine. He had garden and gun. Um, he was tried and convicted. Right. Uh, and he was sentenced to six years in prison for that one. Hmm. Back to Van Gogh and the Hall's thefts. Yeah. So police found Manera's uh, DNA at the Van Gogh frame. And at this point. on one of the orange straps used in the Hulls heist. Mm-hmm. So when he was arrested for that, police also found guns, ammo, <laughs> cash, and, quote, more than 10,000 ecstasy pills at his yes. house. He's moving the market. He's totally going there. Uh, the paintings weren't there, though. Ah. That's what wasn't there. So he said he didn't have anything to do with it. Not a lick. Of course not. He Why said that he? the orange straps were the, like, his, yeah, my DNA's on them. I'm a mechanic at yeah. an auto garage. It's a lot of orange straps. We're the Dutch. Yeah. That's our color, bro. Oh, my God. It totally is. Uh, sometimes he used orange straps like the one found at the scene to pick up car parts. Yeah, see? I'm he just lassoed yeah, him. He's a mechanic in the Yee-hee. Netherlands. All he's going to have is orange straps. I know. And then he said, sometimes the straps get left behind. Like, sometimes yeah. I forget things. You know, exactly. I'm a forgetful Oops. guy. His lawyer said, guess what? He's also taller than the guy in the footage. By estimate, I don't know. Yeah, how did they figure that one? Well, like, and the guy in the, in the, the guy in the CCTV footage does not look short. So, like, how tall is dude? Yeah. Anyway, um, and then well, the lawyer's like, "P.S. My client right-handed, unlike the guy in the Van Gogh footage, looks like maybe he's left-handed. Is he swinging left? Bats I right? Don't throws know. left? I don't. Maybe he's ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were unable to identify the partner that they were sure he had in all this. September 2021. Manera, Man Panera, uh-huh. he was found guilty and sentenced to eight years in prison Oof. and given a fine of nine million euros, Oof. quote, for part of the 16 million euros Hall's painting that was not covered by insurance. Ah. Yeah. And that was the maximum sentence possible that he got. 
He was also convicted for the gun and drug charges. Do they also do what America does, where those are like exceptions? Like you get uh, extra charges? Yeah, yeah, they put them on top. Um, And in this this ruling, the three-judge panel wrote that the paintings, quote, are important for present and future generations. People have enjoyed them for hundreds of years. With the thefts, the man has not only deprived the museums of an enormous amount, but also society and the international public. They can no longer view and enjoy the paintings. So he appealed his sentence. Mm-hmm. It was upheld. Mm-hmm. And off he goes to the clink. And as of sentencing, both the paintings are unaccounted for. They, they're still missing. So they're still in the wind, and they still hold their value if they're yeah. ever found. Oh, yeah. Value's okay. probably going up if they're found. Yeah, I bet. What's your ridiculous takeaways, Aaron? I'm gonna glad go, I asked. I'm going to go check my paintings collection and see if maybe I have one over there. I, mean, I don't know what I have anymore. I just, I've been collecting. I'm You've a, got three drunken boys yeah. and one drunken boy, but not Let's two Let's just say my, my retirement account and my get-out-of-jail-free card account are the same account, and they're looking good. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't think I've had that one. But anyway, my ridiculous uh, takeaway on this one is... What are the re- these uh, Dutch cops doing with their time? It doesn't seem like they they don't have gun crimes, right? Like because they're not like know. America, where you're not constantly oh, yeah, no, having they're... to solve gun crime, uh-uh. right? So then they don't have a lot of cars, so you're not dealing with like, all the car related crimes and accidents and going out and like, oh, we got to report on like another vehicle accident, right? So yeah. what are they doing with their crime besides like solving missing wooden clogs? Like, chilling. So like they don't have the time to go find these. Like, like it took them a little while to get there. By the time the cops responded, I'm like, what they're, the heck? They're busy with. Dutch crimes. Okay, well, so many. What are the Dutch crimes? So many, like littering. Yeah, and, it's a very nice place. <laughs> Whatever they're doing is doing. They're doing it better than we are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a well, it's a well-oiled them. machine. Yeah, I'm not questioning them. But the worst thing they can do is not respond to art crime fast enough. Well, I mean, I guess the alarm goes off, and then like they got to put down their little cookies and their yeah, drinks. Put and... the cheese back in the refrigerator, and then <laughs> they got to the wrap up and then they got to warm up the have. car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's it. That's all I have. Good one. Thank you. You can find us online at RidiculousCrime.com. There's merch there sometimes Mm. if you're into that sort of thing. We're also at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter, Instagram, threads. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can sew some threads over there. Yeah, needles over there. Yeah, stitch it together. Uh, Don't email us at RidiculousCrime (laughs) at (laughs) gmail.com. Do leave a talk back on the iHeart app. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave, the man Panera Kustin. Research is by Laughing Marissa Brown and Andrea Song Charpentier with a mug of beer. The theme song is by Dutch Art Fence Thomas Lee and Van Gogh truther Travis Dutton. Host Wardrobe is provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben, hand me my sledgehammer, Bolin, and Noel, a little of the Simitex will do, Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.